Hello and welcome to Luxembourg's biggest music show. Number one in Luxembourg, yes. our new favourite country in the whole world. <laughs> no, number one in the music podcast section. Population, 12. No, it's not 12, <laughs> it's like 613,000... 826 or something like that. So, you I think, know. I think it was 626,000. Oh, was it? I don't know. Even better. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. cares? It's the best country in Europe and the world, as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Argentina in South America comes close, which yep. we are number 98 in music podcasts woot, woot. in Argentina. Argentina, second best country in the world. Big up the Argentinians. Yes. Why did we even get that email telling us about our international stats? Because he then followed up with, you can sign up for a free trial for seven days and get a daily email. It was spam. It was, no, it wasn't spam. It was marketing, (laughs) i.e. spam. Um, But it was informational. It wasn't just like buy this product. He, he, He wheedled? Weedled his way in? Does it was that from, sound mean? Who was it from? Pod? Podstat? No. Podstats or something. Anyway, it was from some podcast statistics company who... Because uh, I'm not sure really what our stats are because we get our ACAST stats, which hosts the podcast, and then I our Spotify stats, for some reason, are no longer updating. We haven't had any pod, podcast stats from Spotify in about a month. Uh, and Apple's ones seem very Well, flaky. these ones, um, it's from podstatus.com and this was from Apple. Yeah, okay. Well, we're doing better on Apple then than the my statistics are telling me. Anyway, point is, you're probably wondering why we're rambling like this. We just got this marketing email from Pod. Pod status. Pod status telling us that we're number one in Luxembourg. Number one in the music section, not not number one overall. I mean, we wish. (laughs) Imagine we were the number one podcast in Luxembourg. I would get that on a T-shirt. Yeah. First Bian Pop T-shirt, big in Luxembourg. Yeah, that's fine with (laughs) us. You know know what people from Luxembourg are called, don't you? Mm. Luxembourgies. Are they? No. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Pardon? Not the time and the place. For what? To be saying stuff like it's that. Just a joke. Yeah, but they might not find it funny and we have to keep them close <laughs> to our hearts. You look horrified. <laughs> I said that wasn't true. Like I said something awful. Luxembourgies. What's wrong with that? Oh, okay. Would you like to be called a Londonberry because you come from London? I don't care. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, berries are nice, so... Wow. What are we, five minutes in? We've not even mentioned Marillion yet. Quick, mention Marillion. Before I mention Marillion, I want to just do a quick shout out to someone. So just looking at me, That's who's this? mysterious. This episode is dedicated to Father Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. No, you may remember back when we talked about H joining the band. And I happen to mention um, uh, a girl called Casey who my mum used to foster. Yes. And I received quite out of the blue because I also mentioned in that that she had a brother who was a Marillion fan who I hadn't... We weren't enemies at school, but we weren't 
friends as such. We just were in different circles. Right. Um, however, I, a few weeks ago, got an email out the blue from Katie's brother, who had been mentioned on the podcast. It, I mean, it confused the hell out of me because it was like, who, what, who is this? What are they talking about? Who, what? And he had heard that episode of the podcast That's where he amazing. got a shout out. And uh, you can imagine how surreal that must be from him. Yeah. Or for him. Uh, and it was surreal for me because he he's someone I've probably not spoken to in 30 years. And I was at school with him. And his first episode of Beampod that he happened to listen to was the episode that he was mentioned in. And it was a it, it's a really lovely uh, message that he sent me and incredibly gracious, saying lovely things about the podcast, you know, reflecting on the fact that we all grow and we all mature and we all end up in slightly different places in life. And we've, we've exchanged a couple of messages since. And I just wanted to say hello to him again and sort of marvel at the the power of sort of the Marillion community, really, how things like that, completely unexpected, can can happen and just be... For want of a better word, delightful, really. Yeah. <laughs> it just be just it was really it was really lovely. So thank you, Tris. And um I hope you're still listening. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So this week we're finally getting around to our brave post bag. Yes. It's not a post bag that is brave. Although it might but be. It might be. It is a post bag about the Marillion album Brave. So it's again while Sanya is off doing her research into Afraid of Sunlight, research meaning listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> listening and gathering opinions from yourself. From myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Forming opinions, that's, surely. That's, the, that's a better way of saying it. <laughs> Cultivating opinions. Yeah. Yeah, in like in a... Like in a petri dish. What do you mean? What do you mean? I gather opinions. <laughs> they're like they're like cultures in a petri dish. Long term listeners of the podcast will know what that refers to. Inside jokes. It's about time we had some inside jokes on this podcast. Mm. Yeah, we're well into season two. How do we not have any inside jokes yet? Yeah, I'm still debating. By the way, whether we're gonna. Have a break after Afraid of Sunlight because that's the end of the EMI EMI era. Is that when we're going to have a break? Well, I thought that... that But we've got a few uh, additional eps planned before we get to Afraid of Sunlight, including this one. Yeah. Yes. So in the coming weeks before we get to Afraid of Sunlight, because I think we've realised that that structurally it's it's quite good, particularly after last week's episode where we talked about Stephen Wilson and Marillion's relationship with the label Prog, it, it's sometimes quite fun to look at things in sort of a broader context and yeah. how Marillion relates to other things and things that might relate back to, to Marillion as, as jumping off points. It kind of puts everything into a, a bigger perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a context. It, yeah. <laughs> like I said... I can't speak today. You say this really? every week. I, I know, I say it every week. And then we end up with a two-hour <laughs> podcast. That's because you're talking. Oh, man, my throat was raw after last night. You were passionate. I know. I listened to it back and I thought, oh, God, I really got 
got on my high horse you there, did. didn't I? That was something close to your heart. Uh, bellowing from the saddle of my high horse. <laughs> Get me down. <laughs> Get me down too high. And yet, look at you, you're back for more. So, this is um, the recording of this episode, or rather the editing, it's a bit of a Frankenstein's monster, Monsters. He only did the one, didn't he? Maybe he did more. And, oh, he did, one, it, and it, one of the other ones was this episode. He did, didn't he do Frankenstein's Bride as well? Or was that I Dracula? don't know. Do you know, I've never read those books and I really want to. Yeah. But not don't want to enough to actually do it. I'm just thinking but of the one films. day I will. Anyway, uh, it's a bit of a Frankenstein's monster of an episode that I've, I've kind of... Because we've sort of ended up splitting bits. Um, I don't even know what goes where anymore. No, nor do I. This is going to be great fun to edit. Yeah. Anyway, point is, we've split the Brave Post bag into two parts. Yes, because it was a long... Long. It was a long, long. Yeah. It was a long, long. And we also wanted to include all the letters because they were actually quite good and quite... Um, they made good points... And spark discussion. So yeah, that's yeah. what I like about the post bags is is they 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 lead to other topics. Yeah, and so we don't just read out the letters and leave them as that. They, they kind of give us food for thought and things that we might want to talk about. So uh, stick with them is what I'll say because you'll never know what comes out of the letters. Yes, they're kindling to our inspiration. Anyway, we're recording this as which is a. New intro to what was originally the intro of this episode because yesterday, as recording this, by the time you hear this, it would have been last week. Marillion released a little video on their YouTube channel uh, with an update on how things are going album wise. Yes, it, it caught you by surprise, didn't it? Yeah, well, and we just happened to be—I just happened to be passing through the room where you were in at the time, and and you were like, oh, "Marillion have just uploaded a video." Yeah, and, and so we watched moment. it basically. Fifteen minutes of them talking straight, about yeah. where they're at. It doesn't sound like them. They're hugely on from where they were last time. They <laughs> said they when were. was their last update? I don't know. There's various interviews, particularly around the time of Mark doing press for his marathon album. So was that around sip? No, God, was it remember. September last year when they did the couch convention? Yeah, it sounds like they. Well, I think they sort of said they've got ten pieces of music that are kind of in song form mm. now. Whether all those ten make it to the album remains to be seen. But they sound like they've been held up slightly by the new various lockdown restrictions and COVID strains, because of course Rothers has diabetes, so he doesn't want to leave the house to go and see other people. So I think that's holding them up. Mm. I mean, there's no rush, is there, really? Well, no. Considering, um, considering the world situation at the moment. It, I thought it was good that they said that in the video, that, that they're not... They're aware that the last few albums of theirs have been particularly good. Hmm. Fear and sounds that can't be made, especially. Yeah. And they don't want to rush something out for the sake of it, which I do think they were slightly guilty of in the late 90s when it was a bit more hand-to-mouth for them and they didn't have the safety net money-wise that they cl- clearly seem to, to have now, which is great, frankly, because it gives them the time to, to work on music. I mean, it's, mm. you know, if they, they seem to think that the album's going to be done and dusted by the end of this year, but didn't make any promises that it would be out this year. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be close to sort of something like six years between albums. That's insane. That's never is been that, that a long. long time? Well, that's the biggest gap that they've ever had. Ever, 
But it's like, well, what's, what's your take? How do you feel about it? Oh, I'd rather they released a good album. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, you know, take all the time you need. If if they need that extra time for the flavors of the music to develop mm. and find their place and everything to come together seamlessly, then go for it. It's got to be harder as well, having released so much music over the years to, to keep it sounding fresh and good. And yeah. I guess that's, that's part of what's taken so long. I yeah. don't know. Um, well, I think H did mention that in the video lyrically, didn't he? He yeah. said he's got to well, be careful to try and... Well, not he's got to be careful, but he said he's, he tries to keep it fresh and not repeat. Yes. He did things. say he had a lot of words, though, didn't he? Mm, yeah. That, that it sounds like he's singing, or he seemed to imply that he's venturing back into kind of climate change waters for the first time since... Under the sun on radiation. Oh. So, and obviously, stuff about, as he said, he didn't set out to write about COVID in the past year, but obviously that slipped in. So, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting one, given how long long it's been, and it, it'll be interesting as well, given that that Rothers hasn't been there for all of it. Mm. How how much of an influence he has on on the album. I mean, Mark, according to a recent web magazine interview, implied that the last couple of albums he had a lot more input into. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's still the case. Well, that seemed to be what H was saying in the video yesterday. Oh, he did? That was the yeah. thing that really surprised me, that H said he wasn't getting involved with the music. As March, I'm yeah. sure he is. Well, yeah. He is getting involved but he's letting the others kind of write the music and he's concentrating on the words that really surprised me did it yeah because normally there is on at least there's normally at least one song per album that H is it's more or less an H solo song that he's gone away and worked on brought it in and oh really yeah I didn't know that yeah normally there's one yeah and Brave yeah well two good examples of Hollow Man and, and the title track on that that are very mm. much H solo compositions that the band have then embellished. Mm. So there was that. And then the other thing they talked about was the the tour that is meant to be happening towards the end of the year. And I really hope it does. And I'm sure they really hope it does. But I have to say, I'm a bit, I don't know, the way things are going. Really? Oh, my God. Are you, uh, are you for real? You think that by the end of the year, tours still won't be possible? I can't see how because... Even with all the vaccinations and everything, that is, a, that is not an uplifting thought. It's not. It's horrible. Uh, I, I just, at this stage, I, yeah, they're talking about we're going to need to continue social distancing for years. This is what the scientists are saying. How, so how, how, are, like, how is that industry going to stay alive? I don't know. It scares the hell out of me. I mean, the only thing I'd be concerned about touring is if Rothers is in a vulnerable... Well, there was that as well, um, you see. ...health situation. He might not feel... He might not feel comfortable going on a tour. It, yeah, and if there's still mutant strains out there. Which, well, I guess it just depends on how um, effective the vaccines are, isn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah. Because but, if the vaccine is quite effective, then even against mutant strains, and you just need a top up each year, it could it could be all right. It could be doable. But even so, I mean, even I'm nervous because we we've booked tickets to two nights at the Ham- Hammersmith Apollo. Mm. We're meant to be going, I think, the Friday and the Saturday, 
Uh, God, yeah, I'm so excited about it. But at the same time, there's part of me that goes, I mean, is it October or November that we, we, we it's booked? I can't remember. I think no. Oh, actually, I don't know. Maybe don't it's ask October. me. Anyway, uh, but even this part of me, it's, it's, I'm a little bit scared of being in a room with 5,000 other people or whatever the, the capacity is. Mm. Yeah, I of, wonder if they'd do reduced capacity if they did open it. But the thing is, they sell the tickets. Well, they sell the tickets. So that, the, how, how will they do it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, isn't that going to be a bit scary? Knowing, because COVID isn't, they've said this, it isn't going away. Mm. It's not. There'll be there'll be top it's a depressing ups. episode, Paul. Sorry, but it's worth it's worth talking about. <laughs> well, what a downer! It's worth talking about because mm. uh, because at least then we can be pleasantly surprised rather than I suppose yeah unpleasantly yeah, I suppose, let hopefully. down. Yeah, um, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, I'm sure. I hope the band are very much thinking about this because they may have oh, to be. They, I'm sure they are thinking about it. Mm. It might, it just might be that that for the foreseeable future, bands are just going to have to play reduced capacity or smaller. Mm. But then, how venues. Is, how are venues going to stay open? How would bands going to stay together? I don't know because didn't yeah. um, was it Anathema that already split up because of COVID? Was, yeah, was or, it, yeah, was indefinite it, hiatus or indefinite hiatus. Yeah, it's like because they've had to go and get that, other jobs. That's scary. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, all the theatres... I mean, I don't know how any pub is still planning to reopen. I know a lot of theatres are planning outdoor shows over the summer, but you can't do that all year round. No. And is that, are they going to earn enough to stay open? Yeah, it might have to be something like that. And then we've got the... Then we've got the Meridian Weekends next year. Even those, I'm still not. Because, again, they revolve around big crowded events. Yeah. In the evening. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, those environments are absolutely breeding grounds for 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 germs. Because every year there's the famous after the Meridian weekends, there's the famous Meridian flu that does yes. the rounds. You see it on social media. We all come down with something. We've spent a weekend drinking too much and partying a bit too hard, not sleeping and enough. not sleeping enough, and then cramming into a room with you know, 3,000 people from all around the world who've brought all sorts of things with them. We all get ill. We always get ill. Mm. And so, you know, this time it's, it's well, we, I don't know. It scares me, I'll be honest. Mm. It really scares me. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. So we just wanted to touch on that. Let's get on with the letters. Let's do it. Do you want to read the first letter out? Yeah, I would love to. So our first letter is from Matthew Ravel. And Matthew says, first off, thank you for your podcast. I don't know anyone in person who shares my love of Marillion. So it's rare that I get to hear other people talking about the band and their music. I don't always agree with you. I sometimes picture Alan Partridge shouting, <laughs> stop getting Bond wrong when I'm listening, but that's part of the fun. Marillion has been such an important part of my life that I hardly dare share them with anyone else because I don't want to experience the pain of them not getting the music. That sounds a bit dramatic, 
but then that kind of seems appropriate for a Marillion fan. Over the years, I've enjoyed other bands, but with Marillion, it's personal in a way that I don't think any other music could be. Anyway, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about the subsequent albums. Thanks, Matthew. Well, thank you, Matthew. I totally get being that overdramatic <laughs> about it. And I, there have been points where someone has perhaps taken the piss out of Marillion in that kind of throwaway fashion, which most Marillion fans, at least in the UK, are well used to. And I've ended up getting feeling my blood rising and perhaps responding in a way that afterwards I've gone, ah, oh, why did you get like that? You you sound like an idiot. Now, is that and is that something that developed over time because you just got yeah. sick of it? Or is that something you had from the beginning? Well, it developed over time because it was partly, as Meridian came to mean more to me, when I was a teenager, I was a fan of the band but they've become such an integral part of my life. And I mean, friends that I've met through Marillion, lots of friends now that I'm friends with only because of Marillion. It's something that I was able to share with you quite early on. And lo and behold, you really like them. So it's given me so much and, and so much beyond just the music. And something we'll we'll touch upon, I think, at some point going forwards. It is just that fan community. And I think around the time of Marbles is probably a good time to talk about it because that, for me, from my personal perspective, is when that Marillion family reached its kind of peak and everyone felt like we were all in it together. Mm. And there was something really special about that time so I do want to talk about it and um, recently as I've got older though I, I'm you know here I am sat on my own Meridian podcast I've become much more I was going to say brazen but just I don't really care what other people think now and to hell with them if they you know they have that slightly distorted perception of who Marillion are mm. so I'm assuming they the people that kind of scoff and laugh yeah when you mention that you're a Marillion fan are the ones that are kind of still judging them back by Grendel and Fisher's face yeah. paint days because okay this is something that I kind of don't really quite understand coming to them so late mm. it's like I guess because I'm more familiar with their more recent music, it doesn't make sense to me why anyone would make fun of them. It's like, it's not, it's not, it's such deep music mm. that I don't, I don't, I don't get the... The mockery. The mockery. Yeah. So is it, is it, is it still because they're stuck in, yeah. in the here's early a, 80s? Here's the thing that I think with... In society often, particularly around pop culture things, certain things get... Certain narratives get set and certain narratives get baked into... Uh, into, into the majority's head and that becomes the accepted truth of it. And with Marillion, 
it is that they're a dodgy heavy metal sorry <laughs> you know as well for a long time they were they were a Scottish heavy metal band but for for most people they're a dodgy prog rock band from the 1980s mm. who somehow inexplicably still still going and presumably still making that sort of music a lot of people still think fish is in the band a lot of people just probably have never even heard them beyond kaylee and yet have heard second hand or third hand or fourth hand from other people what they should be thinking about marillion Mm. and so all too often i'll tweet about them or i'll mention them and you get someone yeah because i know you still get people not laughing, but I guess a, yeah, a, in a, a way making a snidey at you. comment. Yeah, for liking. They've Marillion. never even heard them. They just have heard what other people think of them. And I mean, really, to be honest, I understand why people might laugh about us liking Grendel. I don't care. I still love Grendel. Yeah. Um, or maybe because Fish wore face paint. I don't know. But even even the Fish era songs, not. I don't. See what's like. What's there to mock about? Yeah, it? what's there to mock about? Misplaced childhood. Nothing. It's an astonishing. I mean, piece I, d- of music. I don't understand. I'm obviously not seeing what they see. So, well, yeah, <laughs> play them something like Sky Above the Rain. Yeah, or, or White Paper. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what what's there to laugh about? Yeah, they're they're sublime. But even Sugar Mice from years yeah. ago. Yeah, I don't know. It, like I say, it's these things. They there's a narrative that gets set. Mm. And it's very, very hard for anyone to break that narrative. After no matter, all these years. Yeah, after all these years. I mean, and no it's matter been how decades. good they get, yeah. you just can't do it. I've say, look, here's I'll the say, thing. I'll say, I want oh. to compare it to one thing. When I was in year five, Kylie Minogue was releasing, and she just started her music career with locomotion and stuff like that. And at school, it became a little bit uncool to like Kylie Minogue. Mm. She managed to break through that. She, she did, became yeah. really cool. Yeah. As soon as she was like, you know, singing, what was it? Spinning around, that kind of era. Mm. I can't think of it. Yeah, I know, I know the era you made. The same people who thought she was uncool became Kylie Minogue fans. Yeah. So she was able to break out of that stigma. Just, but Meridian never were, for whatever reason. Yeah, so interesting. But it, it it's talking from a personal experience. Yeah. Here's something I'm going to confess to. And anyone listening to this, particularly in the UK, pause after I say this, okay? Pause the podcast after I say this and just stop for a minute and breathe and consider your reaction to it. Okay, here it is. I, for those of you who might have forgotten, am a a screenwriter. That's my day job. I wrote Pudsey the Dog, the movie, the film starring uh, a a winner of Britain's Got Talent, a dancing dog. Okay, have you paused? (laughs) Right. Now, what is your opinion of that film? That's what I'm asking you, because... As the writer of that, in the 12 months leading up to that film coming out, I collated responses on social media to that film. And I saw a phenomenon kind of develop over that time where a narrative got set about that film, that it was a crap and cheap 
and cheerful and worthless film. But this is that before it, it had even before been anyone released. has seen anything of it. And that narrative got absolutely set in stone. And that film, the day it came out, was fighting a losing battle because everyone buys into that narrative on social media, down the pub, and in the media, you know, in newspapers and and beyond it. And I saw it happening in real time, that the decision for how well that film was going to perform had had been decided long before that things gain a certain momentum. And I see it with Marillion. It's exactly the same phenomenon. Now... I'm not for a second comparing Pudsey the Dog the Movie for pity's sake to, uh, you know, which has famously got 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I'm not for a second comparing that to Marillion. They're two totally different things. But it's a film aimed at six-year-old girls, okay? And yet people, because of this narrative that, that had snowballed over time to do with it, it was being treated like it was a sequel to Citizen Kane or something like that, when it was a film that had been written for kids on a tiny, and produced on a tiny budget. Yeah, not paid for by Simon yeah, Cowell. Not paid for, everyone yeah, not paid for, that was the other thing, everyone hated, hated it, because, yeah, supposedly Simon Cowell was behind it, you know? <laughs> he had nothing to do with it. Didn't even have a cameo in it, okay? But that, that you know, and it was people describing it as the death of the British film industry. We just tried to make a film that was like a children's film foundation movie that I used to watch yeah, in kids. the 70s. Four kids on a Saturday morning at the cinema. Yeah. Throw away, bit of fun, a couple of gags in there for the adults. That's it. That's all it was. And yet the, the shitstorm that that film entered into, the, a film that was given more attention <laughs> than than it ever d- deserved or or required. <laughs> it should have come out, been seen by some kids, and gone away. But instead, you've got this absolute firestorm of hatred directed at it. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, I'm not saying it's the greatest kids' film of all time either. You know, we wrote it was written very quickly because we didn't have a lot of time. But you know what? Even as the writer of it, I'm telling you now, it's fine. You know, it's, it's a great little film. It's absolutely fine. It's it's but, harmless. So what you're trying to say is that people sometimes might get caught up in the current of popular opinions. Yes, yeah. people without people follow... actually taking the time to experience the thing that everyone's got an opinion about themselves and objectively. But here's the thing, right? I don't expect anyone listening to this to go and watch Putty the Dog the movie. Same as I don't expect everyone to go out and listen to Marillion. Yeah. But what I do think is if you don't have any direct first-hand knowledge of what that thing is that you're making jokes about, maybe just shut up about it. (laughs) Maybe don't just follow this herd mentality. Maybe step out of that because that's what it is. It's, it's, Herd mentality. You want to you want to extrapolate that to its ultimate dangerous conclusion. I draw your attention to January the sixth this year and what happened at the U.S. Capitol, because there were a certain number of people following a narrative that had been baked into them. And right at the other end is Pussy the Dog the movie, mm. and Marillion. I think it was Pete Bradshaw in the the Guardian who reviewed Pudsy the Dog the movie. Yeah, Pete Bradshaw, who reviews the highbrow films as well. They sent this middle-aged guy to go and review a film that was aimed at kind of under 10s. 
And he he described it as, I quote, a shame for everyone involved. That's <laughs> no. a good film. I mean, uh, you can just watch it for what it is. But this is what Marillion's up against, is that yeah. herd mentality and those, those baked-in narratives. But what astounds me is I get the herd mentality at the time. Yeah. I get it for when Grendel came out maybe a few years afterwards. But 30, is it 30 or 40? Well, since Grendel came out, yeah, probably getting on for 40 years now, 38 years. years. Yeah, down the line for that. And so much more diverse music has come out from them. Mm. Come out from them? That sounds a bit... Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. Um, it's like, why is the herd mentality still stuck back at that point from decades ago. Because it's... And I'm only saying this because I've seen it happen. I've seen you tweet about Marillion and get people mocking you. Yeah. Recently. Have they heard fear? Have they heard sounds that can't yeah. be made? Have they heard marbles? Of course they haven't. They've heard secondhand in magazine articles or from people they know that who've heard it from other people that Marillion is something you make fun of, not something you go and listen to. That it doesn't have any art that they don't as a band have like artistic worth or integrity or anything else, which as a fan we know is utter garbage. Mm. But beyond garbage, yeah. it's like you just have to listen to one of their albums and you you you'll be blown away at the complexity and the depth and the care that they put into them. But in a sort of feedback loop thing, because Meridian fans have experienced this long term. It's also made us bigger fans because to have something that we love attacked, it's almost like we sort of like formed a wall and we've got our arms linked. Mm. And it makes us more passionate about the band because we know it's it, there's an injustice there. Yeah. We know it's unfair. Anyway, thank you for your letter, Matthew. <laughs> well, now you all know I wrote Pudsy the Dog the movie. Okay, this is from Wayne... I don't know if that's his first name or his last name. Could be like Bruce Wayne. I'm Wayne in the membrane. Shall I just read the letter and shut up? So this is this is Wayne's thoughts on Brave. He remembers reading the lyrics with Living with the Big Light and Made Again in the UK web magazine before the album came out and just going over them. I had a feeling that this was going to be a special album. It's one of them albums you have to listen to from start to finish. It's hard to pick songs out as it works better as a whole listening experience. I remember playing it every morning before going to work, wearing my brother down to the point he started playing it to his friends and himself becoming a Meridian fan and have been to gigs at Meridian weekends, etc. Yes, Wayne, wear those people down. But seeing it live for the first warm-up show at Liverpool Royal Court Theatre was amazing. It really raised the album to another level. It was an amazing life experience to watch it. Also got to the Manchester gig on the Brave Tour and then the first Meridian weekend. They did Brave again. Also another wonderful gig. And of course, the latest outing of Brave at the later Meridian weekends. So it's safe to say, love the album and love the artwork. It's a masterpiece. Thank you for reading. That's from Wayne in Skelmersdale. Yes, live. Um, I mean, the, the Meridian weekend performance of Brave, which I know you didn't see because you're just sure. <laughs> saw bits and pieces. Do you know what we remember? I, I Rod, can... Brother's daughter coming on stage. Yes, I do. Yeah, yes. putting out the candles. Oh wow, cool! The thing is, I didn't really know what was going on at the time because yeah. I hadn't actually sat down to listen to the album. Um, yeah, I, re- I do remember. What I will say to everyone who has toyed with going to the Marillion weekends, 
And again, we're going to do a Meridian Weekends episode or two. Yes, it deserves its own podcast. It, yeah. Not podcast. You, it, deserves, you... it deserves its own podcast. <laughs> Maybe not that, but it will just, we will have some Meridian Weekend podcasts around the time of the next Meridian Weekend, probably. Yeah, that sounds good. So uh, anyone who's who's never been but considered it, uh, I mean, the the Port Zealand one is particularly the the flagship one because it's they, they hire this huge tent and it's a big stage with video screens and they go all out on the production. Man, the lighting is yeah. phenomenal. If you want to imagine what Marillion would be like playing in a stadium, go to the Port Zealand in the Netherlands Marillion weekend because they really, really put on a full-on production show and the the year they did marbles was when it, it stepped up again it had always been good but the year they did marbles it it went up another oh my god level. yeah actually <laughs> we'll, we'll have to talk about that because that that gig that's my favorite gig i've ever i know i know, I know it well, well we we loved it so much life, we went to the we, which we hadn't been but we went to the uk weekend because we wanted to see marbles again yeah that was phenomenal yeah. i mean nothing beats the the holland version no um, can I say Holland or is it Netherlands? Nothing beats the Netherlands version because it's, it, it was like the lighting and the, oh my goodness, it was just something else. The yeah. lasers. Yeah, it really was. They scale it down a bit for the other weekends around the world, but, but it's still a level of production that you just don't get on a regular Meridian tour because A, they can't afford, afford it. B, they're generally playing smaller stages anyway. Um, so, yeah, absolutely stunning. It and was, the, the, yeah. And the version of Brave that they did there, you know, H brought back all the the theatrics that they did on the original tour, but they, they then again still pushed it up a, another level and they really, really think about it. They're not just turning up and doing three regular gigs over the yeah, course of a weekend. Yeah, they're not just thrown together last no. minute. These things are properly planned. Yeah. Okay, so our next letter is from Paul G. Daddy G. And he says, Hi, Paul and Sanya. It's Paul G again with my thoughts on Marillion's Brave album. Before I discuss it, I did like your review of Holidays in Eden and it echoed many fans of the band in that it was too poppy and I believe is generally regarded as their worst work. Aww. <laughs> Oh, I I like holidays um, in Eden. Yeah, there's, I finished yet. Oh, okay, well, go. I'm just interjecting. Yeah, I think I think there are at least two other candidates. Oh, oh dear. Anyway. Um. Anyway, it took the band three years to release a follow up, and I thought it had to be an improvement, surely. So I went out to buy the CD in 1994. Fingers crossed that it was the album length of well over 70 minutes and the long track length of some of the tracks was proggy promising. After hearing Bridge and eager to hear what was to come and then loving the sound of living with the big lie, I already in my mind gave it a thumbs up. As the album progressed, it was clear the band had put a lot of effort into it. You say on the la- you said on the last pod that there was one song on the album you hated. Well, I too have one song that I dislike. I wonder if it's the same one. You wrote this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second the song part. in question is Hard as Love. 
I do not like the repetitive lyrics in the song. Uh, and the song just does not do it for me. I feel the album would be perfect without that track. One thing I have to say is that I feel EMI did not handle the album very well, despite making the UK top 10. Just sorry, I'm just going to read that paragraph again. One thing I have to say is that I feel EMI did not handle the album very well, despite it making it to the UK top 10. I believe three singles were released, The Great Escape, The Hollow Man and Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury. Now, the first two songs fit great on the record, but as singles, three question marks. Mm. Not commercial enough for sure. So no wonder they did not chart. Why on earth did EMI not note that Paper Lies would have made a, would make a perfect single? And I think radio would have played it too. It's a big sing-along rock song, like Incommunicado, and then, if it if that was a hit, then Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury could have been next and would have done better than the low chart place it actually made. Anyway, my overall thoughts of Brave is that it's a solid 8 out of 10. It's a fab album and set the benchmark for... Anyway, my overall thoughts of Brave is that it's a solid 8 out of 10. It's a fab album and set the benchmark for what was to come next. Afraid of Sunlight, Marillion's finest masterpiece. Very much looking forward to your thoughts on that one soon. Regards, Paul G. Daddy G. Daddy G. Thank you, Paul. Well, you know by now that I think Sanya and I wouldn't agree about Paper Lies, but that's all right. Each to their own. I do agree with you about Afraid of Sunlight, though. Mm, no pressure on me. Look, you don't have to like it. Well, I I do like what I've heard so far. I just have to listen to a better version of it. Yeah, I've said it before. I think it, it's a contender for their best album. I know wow. I shouldn't be saying that yet, but I am. Spoilers. Well, so what? <laughs> upcoming Look, come on. If anyone who knows me by now who's been listening to this, what, we're on episode 23. Are we already? Yeah. Wow. We should do a big celebration episode 25. Yeah. We should list 25 things we like about Marillion. <laughs> 25 things we hate about Marillion. No. Guess what's at number one? Oh, the steamer. Yeah. Do you want me to read the next one? Yes, please. Thanks for giving me the one with the gentleman with the name that I'm going to struggle to pronounce. But I'm telling you, it's a good name. This is from Juan Zambrano in Canada. Juan... You've got an awesome name. Yeah. Hooray for the Zeds. I used to be a Zed before I married Paul. Yeah, you did, didn't you? Z Zed uh, surname. I was right at the end of the list. Yeah. Your, do you want to tell them what your surname was? <laughs> yeah, Zuvella. She's lying, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Zoology. But I get, I get happy if I see anyone else with a surname that starts with Zed. Thing is, I'm reading Juan's name. Mm. And I'm, I'm in my brain. He's changing it instead of from Juan Zambrano. It's Zam Juan Brano. Is what I want to say. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. So anyway, this is from Zam Juan Brano. Um, hello, Paul and Sanya. I hope your year has started off as well as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think in in the grand scheme of things, given what else is as going well on as in the possible. World, yeah. Yeah, as well as possible. Since you asked, I would like to share my first impressions of Brave. 
I should note that I'm fairly new to the Meridian fandom, having only started listening seriously in 2018 when I started collecting the deluxe editions. I listened to and enjoyed all their albums since then, but with a few exceptions. They've all been growers rather than instant favourites. Brave was perhaps the best example of this initial reaction. As the album went on, I could tell there was effort behind it, but I was finding it hard to connect with overall, and then Made Again started. Brave is still the only Meridian album I haven't explored lyrically in any capacity, but something about Made Again just strikes me. It lifts me up every damn time, not least of which is thanks to H's emotive vocals. I've since grown to appreciate Brave quite a bit. It may never be one of my favourite Meridian albums, but like all they've done, there's plenty of beauty to be found within. Ah, catch your breath, Paul. Yeah, I know, I get like that. I'm yeah. like, oh, I need to breathe. <laughs> oh, no. Lastly, I just wanted to say how much I've been enjoying following along with you on this journey. It's made me appreciate the band all the more. Plus, it's fun to hear our opinions align and contrast. Keep up the great work and stay safe and healthy. Kind regards from Canada, Juan Zambrano. Thank you, Juan. I really hope I'm saying your name wrong. Right. Oh, my God. I hope I'm saying your name right. Right, uh, yeah. Yeah, feel free to mispronounce my name. Yes, Paul Rouge. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, I so relate to everything that Juan said. Yeah, me too, Brave, actually. Yeah. I, like, now it is. it has finally fully grown on me. You but, like it now, don't um, you? Yeah, I really do. Especially the, I mean, okay, when the last time I listened to it, which I think was yesterday before we record, which I think was before we recorded our uh, last week's podcast, um, I did, I did fast forward past uh, Paper Lies. You kept that quiet. I wanted to hear what it would be like without Paper Lies and Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury. Wow. And it was amazing. Better. Yeah. It well, was way better. It was just, oh. I'll tell you what's even more amazing. I don't know if you've seen our little damage group. This, the, the damage is what we call our group of Meridian fans. Look, I know it's tragic, but that's what we do. We, we are. We are tragic. Damaged, my so friend fine. Anthony. So it's fine. <laughs> my friend Anthony, who agrees rarely with anything I ever say, because he just likes to be contrary and, and argue. For the sake of it. That is not why he's disagreeing with you. You cannot tell me Anthony doesn't love to argue and and be competitive in when it comes to being right about opinions. You cannot tell me that's Okay, I'm sure he loves being right, but it's because he believes in what he's saying and his opinions are different to yours. It's not like he's picking an opinion on purpose that's opposite to yours. No, nobody just has opi- different opinions. Nobody can have opinions like Anthony's that are so massively wrong. And this real. is why you argue. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of these days, point. one of these days, we're going to get him on it, and everyone, and then everyone can hear it firsthand. Yeah, it's. Um, it's I'd laugh. I'd laugh if when he if, when he comes on the podcast, everything you talk about is stuff that you fully agree. Well, this upon. anyway. This is the point I was getting to. Amazingly. He agrees with us on Brave. What? Yeah, you should go in our Facebook group. Oh, yeah, I need to see see that. It was weird. We were both sort of saying. That's crazy talk. Anthony and I were agreeing on something, and it was about about which tracks should and shouldn't be on Brave, and that it would make a better album. Well, then we really are right. We are. Well, hang on, wait a minute. Not everyone does agree with us. Remember Daddy G? Oh, okay. Was it Daddy G who... Daddy G wanted Paper Paper Lies off. No, Hard as Love off. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm not like oh, a massive fan of Hard as Love, so yeah, they could get rid of that too. Plenty of people on Twitter have told me we're wrong that you can't take out Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury because it either well they think it fits lyrically, which I totally agree with. It does, it absolutely yeah. fits lyrically, but they sort of also argue that it needs to pick me up. Mm. Look, it's not a bad song. Boot it to another album. Anthony suggested this strange engine which I had no problem with, you know, because we, I did originally say put it on Afraid of Sunlight, but, you know, Afraid of Sunlight's already perfect. So, yeah, let's bump it to the Strange Engine, which has a few more rough edges, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you something I love about Lap of Luxury live. Mark Kelly's backing vocals. Oh. Yeah. I'm not aware of this. Yeah, because on the album, I think it's H doing the, the backing vocals. Right. Whereas live, it's Mark does the... I'm not going to attempt to sing it. But he, he can sing, you know? It's the song... I, he does backing vocals as does Pete on lots of songs. But Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury is sort of Mark's backing vocal song. And oh, cool. I'm really aware of his voice when he's when he's doing it. Oh, really? He can sing. Yeah, oh. I've heard this before. That other people have said that you can sing. I need to see this. Yeah. Or hear it. But see it if it's live. Yes. <laughs> Close your eyes. You do anything. True. Put your fingers in your ears and just see it. That is true. Do what you like. Should we have a letter? Okay. Our next letter is from Matthias from Sweden Yay. again. I thought I should come back to you about the Brave album. This epic concept album that is obviously very special to most Marillion fans in the band. I mentioned in my previous letter that I don't rate it as high as most fans do. I think the album has an atmosphere that really suits the story. The opening is strong. Bridge. Living with the big lie. Runaway and goodbye to all that. Wave, mad, the opium den, the slide. Standing in the swing are all good songs. Especially Runaway with that fantastic solo by Rothers. I never mentioned the solo when we were talking about the album. That bugs me. In Runaway? I was thinking about it this morning, weirdly. Oh. Yeah, what when do you we were w- talking about, about it. It's got, it's got a great solo in it. Anyway, thanks for mentioning it, you Matthias. Have, yes, it has been mentioned now. I also like the ending. The Great Escape slash Falling from the Moon is the high point on the album for me. A real Marillion classic. Even though I enjoy Made Again, I would have preferred the record to end with the sound of the waves at the end of Falling from the Moon. They could have put Made Again on another album. I'm choking because that's so controversial. <laughs> well, you say that. <laughs> Actually Some, choking. Someone on Twitter said it to me this morning. Really? Well. Yeah. I, <gasps> no. I, I, yeah. No, that Made Again, yeah. like, just... It's was, too bleak it, without it. It was too bleak without it. Made Again was like a bow on the present. Yeah. It's but, it's like an excess exhalation of breath. Yeah, it was it it was a relief yeah. to hear it. Okay, so then Matthias moves on to the negatives. First of all, I really don't like Paper Lies, Who by does? far the worst song on the album. Hard as Love is another one that doesn't appeal to me. I much prefer the version on Less Is More. Agreed. Oh, Less Is More, what's that? It's an acoustic album. Oh, yes, I have heard the acoustic version and I agree. It is better. Hollow Man is 
oh my God, I'm going to choke again. Hollow Man is okay. Okay. Alone Again is the best of the rockier songs, but still nothing that stands out for me. Here's the thing. I agree with him on that. On Hollow Man or on Alone Again? Alone Again, I think it's the best of, of the rockier tracks. But I would, I, I think stylistically it fits less well on the album than Hard As Love does. I think it's a better song than Hard As Love, but the the edge that Hard As Love has, I think, fits better. Hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Uh, the title track has atmosphere, but I don't like the instrumental section that much. Oh. Oh, Matthias. Never write to us again. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's <laughs> not true. I'm joking. <laughs> Please write to us some more. We're lonely. Oh, I lo- <laughs> it's a pandemic. We don't have many people to talk to. Um, my conclusion is that I think it's too long. Agreed. They should have dropped Paper Lies, Hard as Love and Made Again. Oh, my goodness. Did I just read that? Deep breath. Cut out, cut some songs a bit shorter. 50 minutes instead of 70 would have made a more solid and interesting record, in my opinion. I read an interview with Mark about Brave where he said that maybe all songs, all songs individually aren't perfect, but that it really works as a whole. Yeah, I read that too. I get that you should listen to it from start to finish, but the low points are too low for me and to make it a fantastic album. Above that, they did a movie of the album. I would just say that I'm glad I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't wait to see that, can you? Man, I am making popcorn to watch that film. Yeah, I still think we should do a goggle box episode. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, when we get to the video. <laughs> Especially videos. after Matthias's letter. Yeah. Um, still really looking forward to uh, join you on the brave journey. And thanks again for all the fantastic episodes so far. Cheers, Matthias. You're a gentleman. Yeah, but that we, was uh, great. I we, can't wait to see the movie now. Yeah, I can't wait. It is, it is an experience. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like it must be. And do you know what? I have to agree with him. I think if they cut out Hard as Love, Paper Lies and Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury, yeah, I would we, have been we happy. We said this. 50 minutes instead of 70. I think he's right. We said this. It's the rockier moments for, that, that sit less well on yeah. the album. I mean, that said... The Great Escape is still rocky-ish. It's got, you know, it's up, it's up tempo. Yeah. It's still sad, but it's kind of up tempo. But, but yeah, it's it's those three that are the tricky ones, for, I think, for everyone, mm. it seems. Oh, not, that's not true, because I know some people have argued against removing anything, but no one yet, I don't think, has said... Yeah, Paper Lies needs to stay. I think most people think Paper Lies should be taken off the album. Oh, poor Paper Lies. Well, yeah, even... And I'm still weirded out the fact that I kind of went, yeah, it's actually it's not as bad as I have always told myself it is. Yeah. That's Stephen Wilson's remix. So, yeah, it's 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 a funny album, isn't it? It's a, it is a strange album. Yeah. Because yeah, it is. Because it is so consistent in places and then there are these sudden abrupt shifts in tempo and tone that in tone i think that's that's a good word to describe it shifts in tone and the previous letter we had from was it daddy g uh saying that paper lies would have made a single 
Was it was it Daddy G who said that? Paul G. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to stop calling him Daddy G. Oh, now I'm going to stop calling him Daddy G. Uh, um, yeah, was it Paper Lies? Let me check. He, he argued as a single in the incommunicado vein. Paper Lies as a single. Hmm. But not off a of babe. Yeah, he said Paper Lies single. No, it would have sent the wrong impression. If I was. Let's say, oh, back in the day, I was watching Rage on a Saturday morning, which is, is. It, it was um like a, a, all the music videos. I wouldn't even say it was a TV show because it was oh, just well, literally. Oh, you told me about this. We had, uh, in the UK, we had the chart show. Oh, which was okay. On a Saturday well, I mean, this morning. Rage had no presenters or anything. It was no, no, nor did the chart show. Song yeah. after song. Yeah, and you used to get midway through the songs, they'd flash up some facts. Yes. I, I think, hang on, actually, I don't know. I can't remember clearly if there was facts. Uh, but anyway, let, let's say Paper Lies had come on well, one Saturday morning. I still don't think I would have loved it. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> think <laughs> so like either. in the middle of all these other hits, uh, Paper Lies comes on. Nah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just. In 1994? Nah. Mm. Nah. It, it was not a song for 1994. Yeah. Or a single, certainly. So, another letter. This one is from Will Stroke Boris. I don't know what's going on there. Bit of identity crisis. Um, Sandy has also had a little note for me here that says, we may have already read this letter in a previous episode. <laughs> but I didn't go back and check. We'll find out while we're reading Come it. Come with us on this journey. Well, look. If Steve Hogarth can read the same diary entry out in his podcast two weeks running, we can read the same letter out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How does he do that? I, I mean, I think we're stopping, I mean, I only but... said this because it was down with the letters for, that we'd already read, but it was marked as unread, so I don't know if I'd marked it as unread accidentally. Anyway, or I don't we think ha- we hadn't have had put this. it in. Will says, hi, I'm Will, also going by Boris. Long story. Yeah, I bet it is. I'm a younger Marillion fan and would say I'm roughly a third-ish the age of most original fans. My journey started one day on my phone. I was recommending Misplaced Childhood via the YouTube algorithm and listened to it since the cover looked interesting. I was instantly hooked with the revealing lyrics and excellent musicianship. From there, I listened to all the Fish Era albums and liked them a lot. I was afraid of the Hogarth era because online there seems to be a lot of older fans saying it becomes a worse band with him as a frontman. What? Oh boy, how wrong I was to be worried. I listened to all the albums in around five days. Don't get me wrong, there were some low points like Radiation, but Afraid of Sunlight and Brave are just bloody wonderful. I'm surprised that the band have such an odd reputation when bands like Radiohead are seen as being cool with music fans. Exactly what we were talking about. Exactly what we were just talking about. Wow, okay. This all took place in February, pre the world being in lockdown. Over lockdown, I became a mega fan. Wow, so he really wow, is this a is, fan. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much knowledge of the band, it's worrying. Well, you can join our, our quiz team at the next Meridian weekend. I've tried to learn too many Rother solos since I play guitar. Uh, but with Brave, I personally love the album and the music is brilliant and dark. Yeah, it's faster tracks in all the right places. For 2020, it became my most recommended album to people. And most of them loved it since they're into bands like Radiohead. Yes, Boris, stroke Will. The Great Escape may be one of the greatest tracks ever performed by the band for how powerful it is. 
I'm 99% sure you dislike Rocky and Meridian songs. You'll dislike Hard as Love. But you have to admit the live performance with HB and Dragged Off Stage is brilliant. Yeah, I do agree. Um, and yeah, as I've said, I think it, it belongs on the album. That's essentially everything I have to say on Meridian, except I've got tickets to see him in Hull with my mate who, oh dear, we've dripped, dipped into another universe with my mate who got me a Venus Land poster because we have been doing really bad Venus impressions since 2019 as we love Digitizer. Um, yes, everyone. Sanya and I have a YouTube channel called Digitizer. The Beans. Well, it's mainly your channel, but the, the I beans. appear on it sometimes. <laughs> and we have a character on there called Beanus. And his main thing is, oh, I like beans, yeah. yeah I like beans. It's going to be so That's weird. my main thing. I like beans. Oh, I like Meridian. <laughs> Merillianus. Yeah. Uh, and then he says some really nice things about me that should I read them out? That sounds like, oh, God, I'm in Stephen Wilson territory if I read out the next paragraph. <laughs> What if we were saying in the last episode how he got a lot of grief for self-promotion? Oh, yeah. Anyway, he likes some of the stuff I've done. Thank you for that, Will Stroke Boris. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that people can come to Marillion with no preconceptions and just go, I don't get the grief that they get exactly heaped upon them. And what stood out to me from that, especially was Will Stroke Boris loved Brave basically yeah. straight away. Yeah. And that's the, good going. That's the, isn't that the second letter we've just had that sort of mentions Radiohead in relation to them and how, mm, interesting, why Radiohead can be considered cool mm. as we've, it seems to be the word of the last few episodes and Marillion anything but, and yet they're completely in the same ballpark. Mm. So, yeah, interesting. Really interesting. Well, one band comes with decades of stigma attached and the other doesn't. Yep. Right, that's where we're going to leave it for this week. It's a good place, don't you think? Yes, thank you to everyone who wrote in. We appreciate everybody's input. If your letter hasn't been read out, it might be read out next week. It will be read out next week. If you've written about Brave, we're reading them all. (laughs) Simple as that. Uh, As usual... Subscribe, tweet about us, follow us on social media, review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere. Spread the word. That's what I'm trying to say. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye, boy. Bye, boy. That is annoying. (laughs) 